Hi, I'm Robin Clark, and remember that last episode that I just made yesterday? Well, now we're going to do episode number two. So, pretty much, here's a recap. Amber and everyone, they all are really good friends. And Charlie has told his point of view, and we have just started Amber's. But then, after going back home, she finds a mysterious king cut, the Egyptian cat belonging to King Tut. So now what's going to happen? Is she going to tell them what happened? Actually, enough spoilers. Let's just get on the story. Guys! I yelled, running out. Charlie and Allison whipped their heads around. What? Allison said. She had been my best friend since I got here. Charlie had also been nice. There's a tomb here, I said, leading them to the trap door. A tomb? <coughs> No possible way, Allison said. Tommy was inside, but Charlie was too stunned to speak. Charlie, you okay? I asked. He croaked. I, I, I know about this. And then he fainted. When we got him inside, he sipped his hot milk and said, I, I know about the tomb. It, he started. Move on, screamed Allison. Shh, Tommy said. Stuffing himself with biscuits, he was an audience to a really good story. Allison grumbled and bit her lip. She didn't like anyone shushing her up. Charlie continued. Anyway, when we went to school with Petunia last week before Christmas break, they had pet day, and since Allison was hiding in Mary's bedroom, he snarled at Allison. And you two, he pointed his paw at me and Tommy, weren't there. I went alone. We learned all about Egypt and King Tut. What a bore, but I guess it's useful now. Miss Marklaw said that King Tut has a cat, King Cut, which also had a curse like King Tut, or so I thought. You didn't touch it, right, Amber? He said warningly. I gulped. The open air seemed to tighten around my throat. What? I said. Touch? I mean, I don't remember. I, I don't think so, I remember. I mean... Uh-oh, the curse makes any cat who touches a human, Charlie said. Suddenly, my paws were light tan. I had no fur, and my ears were literally drooping by my head. I felt something tingle. I looked at the nearest mirror, and I was... I was human. <laughs> I shrieked and wept. I did not like being human. I had light brown hair and my regular hazel eyes. I was skinny and just as tall as Petunia. At least Petunia wasn't home. Mary, Petunia, and Grammy weren't home for two days. They had gone to Petunia's Florida birthday trip. They wanted to spend her B-Day birthday at sunny Florida, not snowy Chicago. If she's gonna touch it, so am I, Allison said. Charlie stopped her just in time. Surprisingly, I was able to understand them. My catness wasn't completely gone. Just then, the curse wore off. I was back to kitty size. Good, you're back, Tommy said. Yeah, I chuckled. Charlie looked relieved. Ugh, I'm glad you're back and all, but I really wanted to see me human-ish, Allie groaned. We all laughed. When we headed back to the cat house, a thought kept on nagging me. Why was King Cut buried here? Tommy looked at me and said, what's wrong? Nothing. I said hastily, telling them would be too risky. Just King Cut buried here shook us all up. Now, Charlie is narrating. Get ready for a bit of excitement. 
Charlie. That was a serious close one. Thankfully, Amber was okay and we could forget all about this. Amber didn't seem to, though. I could tell something was nagging her like a tick on a flea. Just kidding. After some sleuthing, it would take too long to tell you. I got some info. The next morning, we went to Petunia's room. I opened a floorboard and then we heard a loud grinding. Or I think that's what it sounded like, right? Anyway, soon we saw stairs open up underneath us. What's this, bro? Allison said, scratching her ear. I got some research done. Where? Tommy interrupted at Catnip website. I hacked into Mary's laptop, I said, explaining. Jeez, why take the trouble when Mary's book has so much more? Learn the human alphabet if you get the drift, Allison snickered. I snarled at Allie and continued. Anyway, I found out that this mansion has about more than a half century old. And turns out the first founders were cat obsessed. This mansion is so old that they managed to build it in such a long time ago. I mean, like, back then, people used to make things out of wood. Right now, we got platinum and gold and, and that um, green shiny thingy, which you called memerald or something. Like, sounds like memory, memorable. Oh, emerald! Now I get it. Anyway, continuing, I started to narrate again. And yes, I am still Charlie. What is wrong with you guys? I am Charlie, the cat. Who else would I be? The neighborhood cat, Judy Joller. Anyway, whatever. So I continued. Anyway, I found out this mansion is more than half a century old, I repeated. And everyone just stared at me like, we know. And I still continued. And that the first founders were cat obsessed. They still stared at me like, we know. I still continued and get this. They did not know about this because I hadn't said it yet. They invented, and catch this, taught their cats a secret language called cat burr. They've passed it down ever since, and it's in our instinct to know. Only cats can do it, and the first founders are most probably long dead. I read a couple of books, yes, on Mary's laptop, and found out that all the famous cats and normal who ever existed came here and hid their own secrets. Some hid big secrets, like King Cut, and some hid small secrets, like uh, their name engraved on pavestones outside. Or maybe they grew a plant, which is probably long dead, because Mary doesn't like doing planty thingies, you know, how they... Oh, yeah, gardening! So, yeah, so they all came here and hid their own secrets, and turns out King Cut was gross enough, enough, yes, enough, he was that gross, to ask his folks to bury him here. I gagged at the last sentence. Cool, that explains the cat's eye secret doors. So why did you open this trap door? Amber asked, confused. Because he's dumb, Allison said. I ignored her and once again answered, cause this is a capper library. I would have done some more research, but I wanted to wait for you all, I explained. Thanks, Charles. Amber said, I grinned, be nice, which would never happen again. Paid off. You get compliments. We headed down the stairs, trying to do it on all fours. Tommy just bounced his way down. The guy has so much chubbiness, he could just roll down. I mean, like his head might get hurt, 
but Tommy was smart enough to avoid his head on the stairs. You know how you watch those Indian movies and they die? Okay, anyway, enough bad talk. It's really gross. So, continuing. As we started reading, Tommy looked puzzled for a second. This was rare, because he usually only looked hungry. I mean, like, the guy eats 24 hours a day. What's bugging you? I asked him. If this is America, how did King Hutt get here? I'm not very smart in social studies, but it's common knowledge that Egypt is not close to Chicago. He replied, I took some time to process this. He was right. Egyptian thingies are not close to Chicago. And I don't think votes were invented back then. And even if they were, I'm pretty sure it'd be kind of weird. I mean, I don't think they were invented. They probably were. I don't know. An eerie fearing flooded me. An eerie feary thing where you fear things and it's flooding you. I gulped very slowly. I said, I don't have the foggiest idea. Tommy stared at me worriedly. By now, Amber and Allie were standing right beside us. Amber gulped and croaked. This isn't a bad thing, right? I didn't want to worry her, and I didn't want to worry anyone else, but I didn't want to lie either. I bit my lip very hardly and said, I don't know, but whatever it is. We heard a shriek. I whipped my head around to see that Tommy was nowhere in sight. Amber had caught the scene. Fortunately, she dashed over to an old fireplace and pulled out a red, worn-out book. The fireplace turned to reveal a big room, bigger than the library. Tommy was sitting there, chewing on his paw, rocking himself back and forth. Allie, Amber, and I rushed over to him. Ow! He whined. What happened? Are you okay? Amber said caringly. I just pulled on a red book to read it. And my paw got struck, and then the whole thingy turned, and I landed here on my paw. He said, let's see your paw, Amber said gently. Me and Allie were too dumbstruck to talk, as Amber was brave enough, too. He hesitated, but pulled his paw out of his mouth. There was a big, huge bruise. When Tommy saw it, he moaned. I know where a first aid kit is, Amber said. She dashed out of the secret door. A few minutes later, she came back with a first aid kit and gently wrapped a band-aid on Tommy's hand. Thanks, Amber, you're a lifesaver, Tommy grinned. He tried to get up, but a lot of his pressure landed on his injured paw and he whimpered and fall back down. If he can't walk, how will he get him back to his cat house? He'll be stuck and we can't lift him. Allie rolled her eyes. Tommy whined, and tears rolled down his fluffy cheeks, making them soggy. Allie was the one who said that, and she was the one who rolled her eyes. Ugh, so mean. I was going to tell her that she was being very, very rude, but then a thought occurred to me. She was right. We couldn't lift Tommy with our paws like humans, and they weren't like humans, believe me or not. And he couldn't walk by himself. I looked around and saw something. It looked like a litter box. It made me think of Grammy. Ew. I sighed and kept looking for something. <sighs> Some soggy wisdom. Then I saw a hole. Wait here, I said hastily. I walked over slow as possible, my paws literally on their nails. I peeked through the hole. I saw the kitchen in our cat house! Guys! I hollered. 
Amber and Allie rushed over to peek through the hole. Cool, Allie said. But can Tommy make it? Amber said. I turned my head and said, Tommy, can you waddle over here? Tommy gulped and waddled. With Tommy's leftover three paws help and Allie and Amber, we made it. Tommy flopped down on his bed and sighed. Thanks, guys, I grinned and said. Any time. After a few days, Tommy's hand was fully cured. He was able to stuff himself with enough, with enough ice cream and cookies again. One hand isn't enough when you're eating the jumbo vanilla and one foot long cookie. When Mary, Grammy, and Petunia returned, they were confused. Oh dear, what happened to his foot? Mary questioned. When Petunia and Mary went to change and get ready for lunch, Grammy leaned in in the cat house so closely I could take a whiff of her cinnamon breath and she whispered, I'm sure you don't know about Capper, do you? I mean, we all have language books and we know about cat history. She stuttered the last part. I just stared at her angrily, thinking that I didn't understand her. I looked at Tommy's paw. He had a mark, the same one I saw in all the Capper books. How did Grammy know? All right, guys. So that was so creepy. Poor Amber and poor everyone. They had to get through all that messiness. They had to figure out all those mystery things. And poor Tommy, poor thing. He hurt his paw. But what's going to happen next? And how did Grammy know? I mean, like, she was in the founders of the mansion. Gulp, this is going to be such a weird thing. I mean, what's going to happen? I mean, at least this explains the secret passageways all over the mansion. But what's going to happen? How did Grammy know? Well, you'll have to tune in for the next episode tomorrow. We'll see you soon. Bye.